This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. And welcome to the show, everyone. I am your host, Dr. T.J., and with me as always is Aaron. Hi. Today on the show, um, we're going to talk about some things that I, I feel like I talk about all the time at the clinic. And I don't know that we've actually done a show on this. And basically what we're going to get into today are the the things that go wrong with the human body that actually cause us to be sick and have symptoms. I think that out there are a lot of people with the belief that you know, one particular thing went wrong, which created all of my problems, or there's so many things that are going wrong that I don't know where to begin. And and I think that a lot of people are just kind of at their wits end thinking, okay, well, I've been to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor, and no one has been able to help me. When in reality, it's maybe that they, that people aren't, haven't been looking in the right spot. And this is one of the things that I say over and over and over to patients. Now, you're going to laugh at this. You're all, you're going to think that this is that this is crazy, but this is gold. If you're going to take a note on today's episode, get it out because it's right here. Write this down. When a person is sick or having symptoms, there's only one of two things that is going on. One our body has something that it should not have, or two, it is missing something that it needs. Now think about that for a second. We can literally, I'm telling you that we can literally break down all human chronic conditions and problems to one of two things. Either we have something we should not have, or we're missing something that we need. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Let's talk about the first one, when we have something that we should not have. What I'm talking about here are things like toxic metals, toxic chemicals, mold exposure, which has led our bodies to create mycotoxins, infections. These are the type, and there's a laundry list of infections, but these are the types of things that we're talking about that a body should not have. Well, when you say something the body should not have there could be multiple things oh, there, that, there could be right? a lot more these are the big these are big four yep. that we're looking for these are but things you that, could have like four infections you could you know or you could have an infection plus metals plus metals. chemicals yeah yep you, you could absolutely have that and i think that surprises a lot of people when we start investigating and they figure out that it's not one thing that's causing their problem it's a pile of things well and i think uh, especially if someone has gone to see a you know, a provider outside of conventional medicine because they will find one thing maybe. And they'll say, well, this is all tied back to, you know, heavy Leaky metals oh. or yeah. And we, we, they take it a step to not, they don't go back a step far enough in my opinion. Right. Right. So a lot of times I, I can't tell you how many times people come in and they, and they think to them, they, they think that they're like, okay, well, I've done some investigating. I'm pretty sure I have leaky gut. And I'm like, all right, you probably do. When people tell me that they have something, I believe them. I listen to them, and I believe you're they're, they're right. But I have another question, and that question is, well, what's causing that? And then they look at me like I have three heads. They're like, what do you mean? that My problem is leaky gut. I'm like, well, no, 
that's that's what you have going on. And I believe that you have that going on based on what all of your caused symptoms. What leaky gut? But what actually drove the leaky gut? What caused the leaky gut? And then sometimes they'll be like, well, inflammation. I'm like, well, that's a result of the leaky gut. Or maybe that caused leaky gut, but what drove the inflammation? So this kind of goes back to the whole peeling the onion, right? Like you just keep peeling it back. Like, well, did this cause this or did this yes. cause this? And you until you get down to basically no more symptoms, right? Basically, yes. I I look at it as we have a person that comes to us and we're all exposed. I mean, we all live on the same planet. We all live in the same country. We all, you know, we're all exposed to things. I mean, our, our lovely government has okayed all of these different chemicals and things to be safe for land, air, and water. And we don't know what happens when we have a ton of exposure to these things. We don't know what happens, you know, when we have exposure for 30, 40 years. We're, we're just starting to learn the dangers of things. I mean, we just started having um, things pop up with some of these, you know, widely used chemicals where people are starting to say, well, wait a minute, maybe that's not so safe for us. Maybe that's actually not good for us. And ultimately in this country, it's not about whether or not we're exposed we're all exposed. It's about our body's ability to get rid of what we're exposed to. Now, yes, we can limit exposure. We can we can do things to help our bodies limit or help ourselves limit exposure, but we can't limit all exposure. But we can work on our body to say, okay, let's make sure that our body is optimized to be able to get rid of things, right? So that leads me right into the to the other point. And we're going to have to come back. We're, we're still going to talk about having thing, having something that we should not have. But that leads us into we're missing something that we need because if our body can't get rid of it, what are we missing that's stopping our body from being able to get rid of things? Like these two, when I say this to, to patients, they're like, well, okay, well, I have something. And I'm like, yes, you you do. But the likelihood is you're also missing something that you need. There's only really two things that are going on, but they're almost always both going on. Not everyone is completely optimized in absolutely everything that the body needs. Well, so, and I'm trying to put this, you know, like from a practical standpoint, is this similar to what we talk about? Like if you have autoimmunity, you need to stop eating gluten, but stopping eating gluten is not in itself going to fix... It's not the end-all, be-all. Yeah, you're still going to have to heal the damage that the gluten has caused, and that it goes back to the body needing something that it doesn't have, right? And not only that, you're also going to have to to fix the damage that the autoimmunity has caused because auto, one autoimmune condition will trigger another, which will trigger another. The, the immune system starts to break down. It just breaks down all over the place, right? Just because you have... One autoimmune condition, you you probably have two. You may not. Maybe early right. enough that you may not. But that usually, happens. I mean, so this, it's kind of one is going to cause the other. We don't know necessarily, like, either, you know, where did it start? It's like a chicken and the egg thing. Like, did it Correct. start with the fact that you were missing something you needed or that you had something, like an infection, that you but that wasn't supposed to be here? And Correct. it doesn't really matter, right? Because you got to fix matter. all of it anyway. you got to fix the whole body all at one time. And that's another stumbling block that I think a lot of people have is they think, oh, well, I have this one thing. Let's work on this one thing. And I'm like, well, 
that works if that's the only problem. If we're only working on a, you know, a toxic metal, uh, okay, what if you got seven? Like, do do you want me to just try to pull out lead? Or do you want to just try to get mercury? Or do you want to just try to detoxify them all? Right. Well, and I, okay, so here's an example that um, I know, you know, we've dealt with recently is, you know, someone comes in and says, I have diverticulitis. Yep. They want to focus on the diverticulitis. Right. Because that's causing the symptoms, right? I mean, the the most pressing symptoms. Um, And if you go to conventional medicine, they will send you to someone to treat the diverticulitis, right? They will. They're going to decrease the inflammation and then, you know, probably just tell you to increase fiber intake and, and that'll be that. Until you need surgery or something. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Until we have to take it out. Right. Um, but functional medicine doesn't focus directly on the diverticulitis, right? Right. We have to figure out what caused it. Yeah. So a lot of times diverticulitis can be caused by infections. It can be caused by... Um, well, certainly inflammation, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it is inflammation. But also the other thing is like a lot of times in... in our practice with my exposure to patients, it actually comes back to hormonal dysfunctions. And I know everyone's like, oh my gosh, here we go back to hormones. Well, hormones regulate so many different things in the body. And with diverticulitis in particular, we have to con- we have to we have to ask the question, did this person have some slow transit time? Is it possible that this person has thyroid dysfunction? Is it possible that low thyroid function has created, you know, some sort of low level of constipation? And then we're, you know, we, we have all this stuff just sitting in the, in the colon cr- creating problems. We, we have to start asking those questions. And a lot of people don't tie those things together thinking that thyroid function could have anything to do with gut. But a lot of people think that go, having one bowel movement a day is, is what they should have, when in reality, they should probably have two or three. Well, and I think this goes back to the fact that people you know tend to have one of two reactions when they hear these things. Either they say, oh, okay, if there are other things wrong, let's yeah, I want to fix what's wrong. Or they look at it like, I didn't come to you for that. Right. I didn't come to you for hormones. I came to you for diverticulitis. Right. So, how, how, how do you know anything about hormones? I get, I get, we get that too. Right. And so <laughs> they look at it. And this is where I think some people look at functional medicine like, well, they're just looking for problems. But from the functional medicine perspective, you can't fix something unless you get to what the root is that's causing it. We're actually looking for solutions. Yeah. And unfortunately, actual solutions. Yeah, actual solutions. And unfortunately, until you know all of the things that are causing the problems, you don't know what solution to give. I mean, you take your car to the mechanic. Do you walk into the into the mechanic and say, "Hey, my car's making some noises. Can you fix it?" And then the mechanic looks at you and says, well, where, "Where's the car? Oh, I left it at home." Like it's the same type of concept. Like. How in the world is a mechanic going to fix a car that they haven't ran diagnostics on, that they haven't looked under the hood, that they haven't done anything to, and they're just like, oh, well, you know, it's it's not here. Same type of concept when people come in and they're like, well, these are my symptoms. What do you what do you mean you have to test? What do you mean you have to look for things? What you you my doctor's already ran a bunch of tests. Well, your doctor ran two tests and they wouldn't even weren't even didn't even have anything to do with the condition that you're coming to me about. Yeah, let that sink in for a second. It's it's kind of crazy 
what people, what conventional medicine is passing off as a solution when there's really no solution offered because they never actually tried to get to the problem. What they offered was a Band-Aid for a massive problem. This, this segment, I, I want to talk about, I want to I bring up a, a patient that came to us recently. This lady came to us um, with with a few issues, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into all of her all of her problems. That's not the point of the story. Uh, but she came to us with with some issues, and I basically at the end of the visit, I I laid out like, okay, here's a here's a game plan. These are the things that we need to investigate because we don't know what's really causing your problems. Like it could be these different things, and. We went back and forth for a little bit, just talking and answering questions, and and ultimately she was like, "Okay, well, I I just want to do these two things," and I said, "That's fine. You know, it's a it's a great place to start. We'll just we'll we'll start there and we'll move forward and we'll start working on on the things that we on the on the on solutions for the problems that we find." And when a few weeks later she comes in for her follow up visit to go over all of her results, and I had a game plan all laid out and. And I was like, okay, this is how we're going to do this. And then I'd already figured out, okay, these are the next steps that we need to take. And I walk into the room and sit down. And really, before I could hardly get out pleasantries of, hey, how are you? It's good to see you again, et cetera, et cetera. She basically put her hands on the table and said, okay, here's the deal. I didn't realize how important all those other tests were. Um, Since our last visit, I actually got a copy of your book. I read your whole book, and now I realize that I could be missing so many things. I want to do all of those tests, so I I don't know if that's going to change what we do, but I want to to do all those other tests before we actually um, go over, you know, everything. And I was like, okay, that changes things because now we have possibilities of answers or finding out that, you know, there's actually a bigger problem out there that we need to address. And so, you know, basically she didn't understand until she read our book where we talk about, there's a chapter that we talk about, you know, do more testing. You you can't have enough testing. You can't have enough data. You can't have enough information. And she basically was like, okay, now I under, I have a better understanding. I don't know that I was prepared for the possibility that all these different things could be going wrong, that I could have multiple things happening. I thought I had one problem, so therefore I would have one solution. And and so that literally changed our entire game plan. And, you know, we just started with some things that I was like, okay, well, these are things that we can work on that aren't really going to change regardless of what you have, you know, what these other things are. There's like two or three things that we can do. And when we got all the rest of our results... It was a complete game changer. We would have missed massive things that weren't ran at the very beginning. Now, would we have ran those eventually? Yeah, because she wouldn't have gotten completely better. But at what delay and at what time, you know, would it have been a year? Would it have been two years? I, I don't know. I, could, I can't answer that question. All I know is when she was like, okay, I've, I've figured it out. I, I really want to go forward with all this. It, it changed her outcomes in the future. Right. Well, and I mean, and some people, would rather go slow, right? I mean, exactly. 
Some people, it's way too much information at one time. Yeah. Completely understand. And, and you know, that's it's kind of, it's, it's kind of funny because when you start going over this information, I'm like, okay, there's a lot that we have to cover. And we're just going over one test result. And they're like, okay, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And I get it. It's overwhelming to learn. Well, especially if you're doing, you know, like something like stool tests or just, you know, blood work. There's there's so much that, you know, we run just with the with blood labs. I mean, you know, like that you go to Quest or LabCorp for. But then when you get into, you know, like a functional medicine, just one functional medicine test, like a stool test gives you so much information. Food sensitivity test gives you so much information. You know, a lot of these other tests that we run, it is a lot. Or or people run a a metals test and they're like, wait, where am I getting exposed to this? A a lot. That happens a lot. Yeah. And, 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 invariably people go back, they test their water, they try to figure out if they have, you know, if if there's something up with the pipes in their house, if they, you know, what's going on that's exposing me to these things. And that's, a, you know, a really good side note is that it, you can have toxic metals in your system and not have, not know where the exposures are coming from. And right. I am a good example of that. When I was first tested for toxic metals, mercury was off the chart. Like you couldn't, like it was higher than what they were able to test for. And I still don't know where I got it. You know, I mean, I right. still don't. You know, there's a question. Okay, well, you know, it could have been vaccinations. I have an MT at, wait, MT. HFR. HFR. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, you know, there's a genetic snip there. Like I wasn't processing things out. I mean, there, there are things that we are, you know, curious about but you don't but i mean other than that with all the testing we did we never figured it out the thermometers that she broke and and ate as a child i mean i drank some mercury yeah Yeah, i mean but but was that it i don't know i don't i I doubt i doubt it right probably not probably not not. but that's it that's true like we're seeing unprecedented levels of metals in some people we've seen we we have seen metals in individuals recently that were high then we worked with them. Those metals went down, and now they're back, and they're higher than they were before. And this is a like we have to figure out where they're getting exposed because they're getting exposed to, for us to knowingly see these levels reduce and then go back up above where they where they were. And in others, we're watching levels just drop off. Like you know, we have one person in particular; um, their their mercury was really really high, and uh, we found out. Uh, after some poking and prodding and and some confession by the by the wife that um, the, her husband was eating sushi three times a week at least, like the levels that you know he didn't even think about. He's like, oh my gosh, I knew that. Like, I, I know that that's a possibility. I'm like, well, yeah, right. And he, it certainly... he cut out the sushi. Guess what? His metals started going down. Yeah. I mean, and it's not always mercury. I mean, there's, you no. know, we find random ones. Arsenic, cadmium, are, yeah. gadolinium, But cesium. we've also had people who are, you know, who refuse to get out of the exposure. You know, like yep. some that are exposed in their jobs and they're like, I am not willing to change jobs. Yep. And then we do what we can. Yep, that's right. So, and, and some people, I mean, they make really good money doing what they do. Mm-hmm. And they, they're just like, you know what? This puts food on my table. What can we do to help decrease? And so we just work with that. Yeah. We say, okay, well, we know you're going to be exposed. Let's just do everything we can to help you detoxify and, you know, keep these keep these levels as low as we possibly can get them. And you'd be amazed at, the, at how low levels can become 
when someone is aware that it's present right. and they're working actively to decrease it. But it's always important to have the knowledge. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, always better to know. Right. Because always. it can cause the most random problems and you and, and, you know, to not if you're not testing for it, you don't you just would know, you know, where all of these random symptoms are coming from. Right. Right. And, you know, the the uh, we, d- we don't know a, a lot of things. I was just talking with a, a new patient. Oh, gosh, two weeks ago, maybe um, it wasn't very long ago. And we were asking I was asking questions about mold exposure and, you know, the water damage in, a, in any place that they lived or seen mold. And the guy was like, well, yeah, actually, I saw mold in, a, in an apartment that I lived in years ago. I was like, OK, well, we have some exposure. And then he was like, oh, yeah. And also, I've got a lot of mold at my farmhouse. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. We need to investigate. He's like, yeah. He's like, I always, I always kind of feel bad after I get out of that environment. And so, you know, it's one of those things like, is he going to get rid of his farmhouse? No. Is he going to take even more precautions now that we've brought this to light and we're saying, hey, look, some of these problems that you're dealing with, I mean, we, we might have exposure here. Yeah, he's going to take a little more precaution because once you know, you change things. Everyone does. People don't find information out and then say, and just turn a blind eye to it and say, well, I'm not going to do anything about that. That's that's not even that's not even human nature. Well, and we talk about that, you know, even with like food sensitivities. After doing food sensitivity testing, sometimes people are saying, I'm not going to cut that out entirely. But they are going to think twice. Yeah. Every time they, you know, think about eating that food, they're going to say, and eh, I really want it. Yeah. Um, so and that in itself can make a big difference. That's exactly right. And if they're knowingly choosing to eat it, knowing that they're going to feel bad, that's different than walking through life saying, I don't know what's making me sick. Yeah, I have no idea. It, it comes at random times like, and I don't know what's doing it. Yeah. I mean, we had we've had some really bad food sensitivity results recently for someone and, you know, lots of lots of high level sensitivities. And they even said it had been like two or three weeks since they had started their their food sensitivity diet when I met with them and, and we're talking about things. And they're like, yeah, I've, I've already noticed this and this. And I've really only been able to cut out a few things because I have so many. They're already starting to say and little things, little comments that they make like, I just thought it was gluten. I had no idea that that eggs were such a problem. But I've stopped eating eggs and these things have gone away. I'm not bloated all the time. My stomach doesn't hurt. I don't have crazy amounts of gas. Like all these different things that they're telling me. I'm like, yeah. Now imagine six months from now when you've ate, when you've learned how to eat this way and you're able to decrease even more of these foods that you're sensitive to. It becomes easier over time. It's difficult at the very beginning because it's such a shock. But over time, it becomes much, much easier. And it's difficult for everyone at the beginning. Very difficult. All right. We got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things that, um, that we can be missing that our body actually needs that can be contributing to us being sick. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123. And welcome back to the show, everyone. In the last segment, we were talking about uh, having things in our system that we should not have there. Um, We talked about metals and mycotoxins, and, you know, we never really touched on toxic chemicals, but that's something. um, And we didn't really touch much on infections. 
Um, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of them, Epstein-Barr infections, Lyme disease, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this, in this segment, I, I really want to touch on the number two reason that humans get sick, and that is that we are missing things that we need. What I'm referring to here, and I, I, I tell everyone it's the, it's the big five um, of things that you're missing that your body needs— Vitamins, minerals, amino acids or protein, fats, good quality fats, and hormones. Most hormone issues are deficiencies, not excess. Um, there can be, you know, you have too much of, of some hormones that, that can cause problems. Uh, so, you know, save your, save your comments for, oh my gosh, you could have too much of this. Yes, you can. But more often than not, Chronic condition problems are driven by low hormones, not too much. So let's talk a little bit about these five. Vitamins and minerals, I mean, all you have to do is watch a commercial. There's a vitamin company, I forget which one, um, where they cite a research study that shows that like, 70-some percent, I'm, I'm off on the percentage, but a, a large percentage of Americans don't get their just their RDA of vitamins and minerals on a daily basis, which is why they're, they're advertising their, their dietary supplement is just, just bringing, bringing people to, to have the awareness that, oh, my gosh, I'm not getting all the vitamins and minerals I need. Well, no kidding. Yeah. Well, a couple of things about that. First of all, if they're advertising on any, you know, major network, they're probably not providing it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that, that, for the most part, that's that's relatively true. <laughs> um, but I mean, think about how, you know, the standard American diet, you're not getting any of the stuff you need. No, no. Considering we eat 150 pounds of white flour and 150 pounds of sugar every single year per person. Plus, all of the things that are not food that are now included in our food means your requirement for the vitamins and minerals are so much higher. That's that's right. There's the RDA. I just want to talk about this briefly. The RDA is the 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 required amount of a nutrient to prevent you from having the disease associated with the deficiency of that nutrient. So vitamin C requirement of 60, 90 milligrams, whatever it is, per day, is what it takes for you to not have, the, have scurvy. That's the disease associated with having a vitamin C deficiency. It has nothing to do with optimal. If all you want to do is just be barely good enough to not have the disease associated with a vitamin or mineral deficiency, good luck. But if you want, no one wants that. Everyone wants to be optimal. Everyone wants to be the healthiest version of themselves they can be. You're not going to do that if all you're worried about is getting your RDA for a vitamin or mineral. There are optimal levels of nutrients that a person needs. I mean, the Linus Pauling Institute came out years ago and said that a human needs about 2,500 milligrams of vitamin C every single day of their life to be optimal. And if you miss it, you need more. Think about that. 2,500 milligrams-ish, it's not quite, it's 2,400 and change. I just don't remember the exact number off the top of my head. But 2,500 milligrams, that's the equivalent of, a, of, of 25 
oranges every single day that you need to eat every day of your life to have the requirements to of vitamin C to have optimal levels of vitamin C. But that's not what we're we're not told anywhere near that, right? No, I mean, that's exactly there are right. a lot of doctors that say you don't need supplements. Your body gets what you need from food. Supplements are a scam unless they're like prescribing vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's prescribe a terrible form of vitamin D in a capsule or in a tablet that you can't actually break down and absorb. But we um, have patients all the time that come in and they say, well, I was told that we don't really need that, that, you know, and we're like, OK, well, pretty much the opposite of that. <laughs> it's it's exactly the opposite of that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you, you can't get this stuff from food. I mean, the soils are depleted. The 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 food... If the food's not grown in nutrient-rich soil, how could it possibly ever have all of the nutrients that are in it in the in the proper quantities that are that that we should be having? And then we have to, if we were able to get it all in food, say say an orange had twenty five hundred milligrams of vitamin C in it. They don't, but let's just say, for example, that they do. We still have to rely on a healthy gut to be able to digest and absorb that. Then we have to rely on healthy cells to actually be able to utilize it. Another thing that I talk about with our patients is you don't get credit for what you consume. You don't get credit for what your body absorbs. You only get credit for what your body is actually able to utilize. And how confident are you in your body's ability to do that? I tell you, I am not confident in their body's ability to do that because if I was confident in their body's ability to do that, they would not be in my office. Well, and here's another thing. I mean, you know, we're extremely cautious with what we eat. And, you know, I mean, um, making sure that, you know, we know where things are grown, that, you know, it's all organic. We still are taking our supplements every day, Yep. you know, to make sure that it's going to fill in the holes and even doing everything that we know to do correctly, you're still going to have issues just because of the world that we live in. Right. I mean, there's you, still exposure. You're, yeah, you're exposed. And when you're exposed to things or you have things that your body shouldn't, that your that your body has that it should not have. It increases your need for certain nutrients. You can't process this stuff out. If you're asking your liver to, de to detoxify a large load of junk that's in your system, you're going to need more nutrients to allow your liver to detoxify. It's like a factory. We can't ask a factory to increase production by 500% and not supply more raw materials. We will run out of raw materials. If we increase production by 500%, we're going to put more wear and tear on the machinery. We're probably going to break the machinery. And then we're going to run out of the raw materials significantly faster. Probably five times faster. Right. I mean, that's just me doing, you know, basic doctor, doctor math. Doctor math. That's doctor math. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no math wizard, but it just tells me that you're going to run out a little quicker. And the human body is no different. And... We're not even going. We're not even getting into the idea of stress on a body that we put on ourselves with our daily thoughts. If we're overcome by, you know, thinking that we're not going to get to, through the day, and we've got all these extra stresses, that's adding a level of nutrient need to our system. 
And who doesn't have that at some point? Everyone you know, I has mean, it. Everyone, some people have it more than others. I was going to say, and some people are living that every hour every, of every day. Yeah. I mean, and then and then they throw the idea that they know that their body isn't as healthy as it could be on top of that. They're literally adding gasoline onto the fire every day. A lot of them just are trying to block out the fact that, you know, I've, this whole area of my life is falling apart, but right. I'm trying to survive. Yeah. Right. I, I, I feel for those individuals. I really do. Right. And so, you know, this is one of those things where we need so many different things. It's 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 sad, really, that we, you know, live in in probably the wealthiest country in the world. If not, we're pretty close. And we are as sick as a country as we really, truly are. And how little people actually know about what it takes to be healthy. Well, because we're constantly fighting against the information that's out there. I think um, it's not a lack of desire. I really don't think that it is. I think for some people it's a lack of time, but the greatest problem is a lack of education and the fact that not only do people not know what is necessary. But but the foundation of education is that corn oil and canola oil is okay for you. Oh, I mean, right? Well, I mean, let's not even talk about, yeah, (laughs) education. Recently, our kids went to a play date at their new, with their new preschool, and they were going to give the kids, like, flavor ice, I think, like, popsicles. I'm like, it's, they're like, what's the problem, that it's sugar? And I'm like, it's not sugar. It is high fructose corn syrup and toxins. And, and, and chemicals. Chemicals and, and that are banned in other countries. <laughs> so, no. I mean, if it was sugar, I would still have an issue because you're giving it to them at 10 o'clock in the morning. But, no. I mean, it's – I was very nice she, about things. But um, – <laughs> she, she was irate on the I, – I felt well, the Don't give I my kids stuff. Don't give – just I don't heard feed the my rage. kids. I just – I don't get it. All right. Well, basically, our body needs things. We need vitamins. We need minerals. We need proteins. We are a protein-deficient country. Um, We need fats, good, high-quality animal fats, coconut oil, you know, these types of things. And we need much more in the line of of hormone balance and and hormone work where, where our hormones are completely out of balance for the most part in this country. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, Aaron had, has had sufficient time to cool down from talking about the kids being given uh, poison at their play date. <laughs> um, it, it clearly that's a that's a hot button topic for us with you know making sure that our kids are you know getting the things that they need and, and learning what it means to to eat healthy and eat properly um, in this country. Um, and 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 why it's so important for their health and well-being. It's we, you know, we we make it one of our missions. Aaron Aaron is is you know all over it, and uh, it's kind of nice. I don't have to do a lot of work here. I just I just turn Aaron loose on it. Well, I just think it's it's frustrating because so many people, if you say I don't want my kid to have this, are like rolling their eyes, like okay, you're one of those crazy parents. I'm like, when did it become normal to feed your kids? just sugar and, you know, like seed oils and toxins that like aren't even allowed in other countries. I mean, how did I become the crazy one in this scenario? But it's so commonplace that, you know, 
I I mean, I had the same issue when they started dance class and they started giving them um like a lollipop at yep. they get after and the for the first class I let it go. The second class they gave it to him again and I sent an email and I was like, Don't please do not give my kids I don't care what you do with the other kids. You know, you do I'm not trying to dictate what you do with other kids. Please do not give them to my kids. Um because my daughter at the time was two and my you know, my son was three. He knew well enough. He knew they weren't, you know, he they brought them out both times um, and hadn't eaten them yet. But my daughter, I mean, I can't trust <laughs> that that wrapper is going to come right off. And, you know, she just was still really little and they were fine. They started giving stickers to all of the kids. And I'm like, well, um, but I don't know when it became normal to give other people's kids food and and maybe it always has been. It's just that I'm just entering into that realm because my kids are just getting old enough to be around, you know, other adults when right. I'm not there. Right. Well, that's but. like uh, I listen to to parents talk about, you know, our kids aren't quite old enough to be doing, you know, soccer and, and baseball and all that. And then they're talking about it's their turn to take snacks for the kids. When I was a kid, we went to practice and we came home. We went to a game and we came home. There weren't there weren't snacks like why well, why do we have to feed our kids? You know, our stuff? one friend was like, saying, yeah, that she she's like they didn't want the snacks that I brought because most <laughs> of the snacks are terrible. And then they all get a Gatorade after practice. And I'm just thinking, what are we doing? Yeah. What? Well, I mean, I just I don't. I'd rather them drink water out of a hose than Gatorade. <laughs> Gatorade. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, again, we digress. This is but this is this is common. And what's what's interesting, just kind of piggyback on that. I, I can't tell you how many people come and they figure out they're like, OK, so this is what's going on. This, And then they look at me and say things like, oh, gosh, what, what can I do to help my kids? And yeah. I'm like, okay, how old are your kids? And it varies. You know, if their kids are, you know, eight, nine, ten, okay, there's some things, there's some real life things that you can do because we live it. If their kids are 20, 25, I'm like, well, uh, you can you can have them come and see us and yeah. you know you can have the conversation. We can yeah, um, at least have the conversation. Or the best thing you can do is just become the healthiest version of you possible and wait for them to start asking questions about what are you doing? How did you do that? How did you figure out this? And then you just start teaching them the things that you've learned through us and through our office. All we're trying to do is spread the spread the knowledge. Tell them to listen to our, our show. Like whatever you got to do, just start planting the seeds. Right. Because, our book or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But we have that come up a lot with uh, parents of young kids where they say, well, I only have control when they're in my house. No, you're the parent. You have control all the time. You just have to not be worried about being the whatever. How do I, you know, the very just, difficult just, person. <laughs> just be an Aaron. It's okay. Just. I mean, and I had to get past that because I am usually a, you know, I, I don't want to be a bother to anybody. I just kind of want to let things go. Um, you know, except it, in my a, job as an attorney, which I am kind of just the exact opposite. But I had to learn to do that, you know, to be okay with it, with it, my kids. I mean, it was important enough to me that it was, I'm yeah, going to speak up. I don't think a lot of you realize how, how much of a challenge it was to get Aaron to actually do this show with me. Like, <laughs> she did not want to do this. She's like, okay, but yeah, you're right. We do have to get the information out there. And she's now warmed up to it. I'm and, and an introvert. Yeah, she's a very introverted person. But you know what? Like, the message is still, the message still holds true. People out there are sick and suffering and they don't know why. 
And we fi- I figured out a way, and it wasn't my idea. I heard this from someone else. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I came up with these two things that are going wrong with someone that, you know, you, you have something that you shouldn't, you're missing something that you need, but it makes so much sense. And I've got a platform that I can start spreading that even more. So let's just make it simple. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, there are a lot of people that are not interested in this. They, you know, obviously there are tons of people out there. Um, you know, we know them in our everyday life who just want a pill or like, um, yeah, I'll go to the specialist for this. Thank you very much. And that's fine. But there are so many people who want to do what is right for their bodies and they don't know what that is. And that's where we get frustrated. Because and I, and I don't have the heart to tell them, you go to your specialist, your specialist is coming to us. <laughs> <laughs> we treat them actually um, because they know they don't know the body. Um, you know, overall, they don't know these things. That's not how they were trained. Um, I, yeah, that always kind of makes me laugh when we were like, if people knew how many of those doctors are in our office um, or, or their families. Or, yeah, or calling us, you know, yeah, and saying, hey, how, what do we do? How can, how can we help this? And I'm like, okay, yeah. we'll just do this. Well, and during the pandemic, especially, we got all sorts of calls. And so I think, um, you know, but to each their own, right? Um, We're not in a position where we're trying to convince people who don't want this way of doing things, but we absolutely want to use our platform to educate people who are interested in doing what they can do to be healthy and for their families to be healthy. Right. My job is not to convince you that this is a great way to go about taking care of your body. My job is just to talk to you about this way. You have to convince yourself. We're never going to force someone to change. The change has already happened by the time someone comes to our office. When they're in my office, I'm like, okay, they're on board. They want to do this because they may not realize the the gravity of what's actually going on, but they've at least made the step to say, okay, yeah, what I'm doing hasn't been working. I'm ready to do something different. Right. And sometimes they're not ready to like fully jump in, but you know, we're there to hold that space for you when you reach the point where you are. Yep. You know, I mean. Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of conclude this whole episode today, they, if you are dealing with, you know, you think you're dealing with leaky gut, or if you think you're dealing with, you know, in, some sort of inflammation in your body or autoimmunity or, you know, a, a, adrenal fatigue, for lack of a better term, like start asking yourself, well, what's actually what if that's not actually the the root of my problem what if i actually have something that i shouldn't have or i'm missing something that i need what if we took this another step what if we we went a little bit further and investigated and figured out okay this is what's actually causing this this is what drove these things and what i'm feeling are just the signs and symptoms that my body has broken down. I just invite you to to, you know, potentially change your thought process or, you know, ask yourself, hmm, is this possible? I, I think you'd be amazed at what what can happen. Um that's about all the time that we've got for today. Um, if you would like more information, please um visit our website, inhstl.com. Um call us you know, 314-293-8123. Shoot us an email, info at inhstl.com. Follow us on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. You know, we're trying to get as much information out there as possible. Tell all your friends about our show. Um, help us spread the word. 
But that's all the time we have for today. So for Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening. 